Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. I want to do a, a short series on a big problem. Um, first of all, it's a problem with me, and I'm thinking that I'm not alone in a lot of life. And so um, I've been going through a book called Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. If uh, you are interested in, after my talk, if you're interested in that book, we will have books for sale next week for you guys, and you can read along with it. Uh, with me as we kind of go through uh, this sermon series. I, I haven't quite decided whether we're going to land at six weeks or if we're going to go all the way to about nine weeks. And so I'm still uh, working through some of that stuff. But why this sermon series? Why this sermon series? When I was 15 years old, I thought that my life was busy. Uh, I was able to finally get a job, so uh, I did football and I worked at Subway. Then I worked at Quiznos, and then I worked at KOA as a guy who mowed all the KOA lots, and then I went to work for Office Depot, and then I turned 18 years old. And then I went to college and worked at the Bible bookstore where, as Jory Marlinet knows full well, that I was the top Bible salesman for three years in a row. Proud of it. Uh, at, while at that time, I was also an intern. Graduated from college, and I thought, man, a lot of older people have it really easy. And then I realized that the real world hit. I became a pastor, a husband, a father, a board member, a homeowner, a sports enthusiast. I became rag ruggedly handsome. I became a wannabe involved in everything in everyone's life type of person. I am constantly 5 to 15 minutes late. Some of you might be 15 minutes early. But don't think you are immune to busyness. I think I'm to this point where I don't want to keep this same pace. There's a saying that say, well, guess what? We'll continue to go on and then we'll rest when we die. The thing is, is I want to be alive when I die. I want to experience the fullness of God through this life and into eternity with him. And I fear that we kind of... <laughs> We, we uh, just like this quote in the back of your bulletin says, we are so busy with a million pursuits that we don't even notice the most important things slipping away. Busyness, I wouldn't say, is something to be proud of. In fact, next week we're going to talk about a little bit about how uh, busyness can, uh, can be and is a sin in our lives. But what about you today as you're sitting here? Do you regularly work 30, just by the way, I answered yes to all of these, so I'm just going to ask you do, you, do you regularly work 30 minutes a day longer than your contracted hours? Has anyone ever said to you, I don't want to trouble you because I know how busy you are? Do your family or friends complain about not getting time with you? If tomorrow evening were unexpectedly freed up, would you use it to do work or a household chore? My answer to that one was, it's not going to clean itself, y'all. Do you feel tired during the day or do you find your neck and shoulders aching? Do you make use of any flexible working arrangements offered by your employers? Do you pray with your children regularly? Do you have enough time to pray? Do you eat together as a family or household at least once a day? 
depending upon your answers, I think really determine how busy we really are. That scares me because I look at busyness and I think to myself, well, isn't busyness a really good thing? Shouldn't you be constantly busy? And we're going to talk about that a little bit. I think there's a difference between busyness and living the calling that God has placed on your life. And then I came across this section of verses, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 and 23. And it says this, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to you, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. That's a really scary verse. Just leave that up there for a little while, Noah. Reason why I love <laughs> the fact that this is a scary verse is there are if you were to be if you were to be like an amazing Christian, right? And you were to think, man, what are the top three things of being a Christian? Prophecy would probably be one of them. Casting out demons would be unbelievable, right? And the third one would be, man. Didn't we heal or didn't we perform many miracles in your name? All of these people that are coming to God in the final day are saying, we did all of these things. Man, I'm just going to tell you I would like to do one of these things in my life. I might like build my like whole life around that. Do you remember that one time that I created that one miracle? Which is wrong because God creates the miracles. But these people have been working tirelessly their whole lives, trying to prophesy to make themselves better, to cast out demons to show their power, and to do miracles to show how good they really are. We do the exact same thing, don't we? Hey, I showed up to church every single week. I memorized half of the Bible. I was baptized. I said the Lord, or I said the prayer, repentance prayer. I was in countless of Bible studies. I prayed every night with my children, every night before I went to bed. And I fear that sometimes we focus on the wrong things. Think of the rich young ruler who said, Lord, I have done everything your law has commanded me. What should I do next to have eternal life? And what does Jesus say to him? Go and sell everything you have and give to the poor. That guy was busy his whole entire life doing everything that he could to appease God. And the, when it came down to the one thing, we have no clue what happened to him. Classic story of Mary and Martha, right? One chooses to do all the work in the kitchen while the other one sits at Jesus' feet. And Jesus' response is, and this one has chosen the right one. Why are you running around trying to get everything prepared? We are so busy with a million pursuits that we don't even notice the most important thing slipping away. See, I think the most important thing that is slipping away is our spiritual lives. The biggest threat of busyness is to our spiritual lives. So if you're taking notes with me this morning, we can start right on in on the very first one is this, is that busyness can ruin our joy. Busyness can ruin our joy. Philippians 4.4 4 says, uh, Brad, they might be out of order and I'm super sorry. Uh, Philippians 4.4 4 says, always be joy, full of joy in the Lord. 
I say it again, rejoice. How many times this week were you empty of joy? Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Busyness can ruin our joy. Galatians 5.22 says this. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this is, this is a fruit of the Spirit. If there is something in your life that is sucking your joy, maybe you should think about getting rid of it. There was a person in my office this week that asked, well, why can't you just, why can't you just say you're busy? Isn't busy supposed to be a good thing? And as I've been working through all of this, I don't know if busyness is a good thing because it means we're just doing busy things. It would be called, <laughs> what I said earlier, I'm just doing the calling of God on my life. And everything we do becomes about joy. I'm even almost willing to say that, man, if you're robbed of joy in the workplace, maybe you should think about moving out of the workplace. Or revisit the calling of God on your life and go, no, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. God, give me new strength. John 15, 11 says this. It says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Not somebody else's joy. Not a fake type of joy, but it is my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow when you're filled with my joy. If we're supposed to be marked by joy, taste like joy, filled with joy, where are you at today? I have to tell you that it hasn't been really much fun working for me or with me in the last uh, probably two months. I'm constantly negative, constantly asking questions about, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Man, what if I don't do well here? What if I'm not thinking correctly in this spot? What if people aren't going to respond here? And it was because I was allowing everybody else to place their joy onto me instead of getting my joy from God. Because here's the deal. Busyness is like sin. Kill it or it will kill you. The second thing that busyness does in our life is it robs our hearts. It robs our hearts. We're going to look at a piece of scripture in Mark. It's going to be in chapter 4. Flip to it with me here. And I'm not going to spend huge, great detail in this story. But I want you to see a picture of just the right moment when busyness robs our hearts. In this story, this is the story of the parable of the farmer who's going scattering seeds and it lands on four different soils. And it says, once again, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen. 
A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the, his field, some of his seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seeds fell on shallow soil while underlying rock, with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone who hears, who, with ears to hear, should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him and the, what the parable meant. He replied, you're permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scripture might be fulfilled. I'm going to skip down to verse 13. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer planted seed by taking God's words, God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they do not have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all, all too quickly, the message is crowded out, crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Man, when it comes to busyness, this scripture is all over it. And we have joy, but when that joy isn't rooted in God, it's quickly fading but then we start to understand that we know where our joy comes from. But then our hearts get robbed because we get busy about the world's worries. Going back to verses 18 through 19, you can bring that up. It says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. Here's the deal. I think busyness kills more Christians than anything else. We take it in and we know it's a good thing and we understand that, wait a second, this life is more than me and we, we get momentary joy and we start to really love it, but then we just get busy with life. We feel like we have to go here and go there and take a part of absolutely everything we can. 
Busyness is choking the spiritual life out of us. It robs our hearts. You can say it like this. Sometimes we do things based on the fear of man or the love of man or what about our pride? We do things solely based on what it gives us, which we are going to walk heavily in, heavily in next week. Busyness chokes out the things we know are to be true of God. Kevin DeYoung says it like this in his book. He says, how many sermons are stripped of their power by lavish dinner preparations and professional football? How many moments of pain are wasted because we never sit still enough to learn from them? How many times of private and family worship have been crowded out by soccer practices and school projects? We need to guard our hearts. The seed of God's word won't grow to fruitfulness without pruning for rest, quiet, and calm. I don't know about you, but that really concerns me when I hear that, that busyness is robbing my heart. It doesn't seem like it most days to me. It seems like, man, I'm doing really good work. Don't you see it? I'm, I'm still going strong. My kids are doing great. My, they've got good grades. I'm doing well in my job. For some of us, our bank accounts might be getting bigger. We're looking at transitioning into things, getting bigger houses, adding more stuff, more and more and more. Man, we must be doing good. Look at all these blessings around us. But I wonder if I've been distracted a bit by the more in my life. See, I think I want the busyness to change to servanthood. I want God to work in my life a little bit more to change it to going, hey, whatever you desire, God, I am ready to take it on. For some of you, it might mean answering uh, a call that God has placed on your heart from Brian's sermons. For the others of you, it is possibly taking on the widows. For others of you, it is learning right now what it means to not be corrupted by the world. And you might have to look at your life and say, what's robbing my life of those things? And the last one is this, is that busyness can cover up the rot in our souls. This one was an interesting one. Because busyness in our lives may actually be pointing to a deeper problem within us. Maybe we're constantly going to work because we're hiding from the need to be better mothers, fathers. Maybe we're getting busy so we can just sweep things under the rug and say, no, we, we don't need to talk about that today. Maybe we actually really know what's going in our hearts, but if we, if we slow down to look at them, we would be shown what's really going on and what we're really thinking. We forget that God's Mercies are new every day. And so we hide from our sin or we hide from relationships or we hide from God himself. I don't want busyness to cover up anything.
In fact, actually, I just don't want busyness in my life anymore. I want to know that when I wake up, I am answering the calling of God in my life. There's this psalm that I want to end with, and I'm going to ask the uh, worship team to come up, and we're going to sing our last song together. But I want to share this uh, psalm with you. It's Psalm 23, because everything I read in this psalm is not about me. It's not about me putting on more busyness. It's not about me coming up with joy or uh, me trying to do something that I'm, I'm not created to do. It's about God showing the rot in my soul. It's about God giving me a new heart. And it's about God filling me with joy. And so this week, after I read this, would you, would you think about what your life looks like? Are there things where you've done a great job of crowding out God in your life? Are you crowding out his voice to you? Are you crowding him out with all the worries that you might have? Because I think when we're, uh, we're willing to say, I don't want to be busy anymore, we can move to the next couple of weeks where next week is all about your pride. So let me read this piece of scripture to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need in him. He lets me rest in green meadows. meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness an unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So when we come to the day where <laughs> we're in front of Jesus and, and he says, Hi, and we tell him, Lord, Lord, and he says, Well, what have you done? Our answer is, is, not what we've done, God, but what you've done in us. If you don't have that peace or that joy of knowing that, wait a second, I, I can't do anything to make Christ happy with me because he already is. And I hope you can find that this morning. Speak to God this morning as you're singing this last song. Talks about being closer with him. If you don't have joy would you ask him to restore your joy? If you feel like your heart has been robbed, would you ask him to change your heart and speak into your heart? And would you ask him to start showing you what things you need to work on? Because he wants to change our hearts and change our life.
Let's pray. God, we want to be closer to you. Not busier for you. So God, would you work in our hearts? Would you restore our joy and would you give us new mercies every day to have the strength to walk in you? God, we're not going to be perfect. It never is. But God, would we stop being fake and covering up our life with busyness? Would we stop trying to muster up joy because we're obligated to all of the busy things we're doing. And God, would you restore our hearts? I love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. We have uh, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Google, um, Netflix, Hulu. I'm leaving out some. Do you think God let those things be invented so we could realize that we actually did have enough time to pray and read our Bible? Um, I think most of us have probably heard the story of Job. Job had a bunch of stuff and then Satan came by and said, yeah, the only reason he praises you, God, is because of all the stuff he has. So God said, yeah, go ahead and take all of his stuff. And we go through many, many chapters of some horrible things happening to Job. It kind of came to me today, what if we're just the opposite? What if Satan came to God and said, yeah, the only reason they love you is because they have no other option. They have to rely on you every day. And so when we go to a third world country, we see these people that just absolutely love God because they, they got food today and they don't know why. But then we're sitting over here and most of us do not worry about where our next meal is coming from. Is our reliance on God? I'll let you ask that own question, but man, what, what if, what if this is all just to see what we'll do with our blessings? And so there wasn't three steps to removing the busyness in your life. This is what you should get rid of. If you are working too much, stop doing that. If you're watching Netflix too much, stop doing that. If you find yourself part of too many clubs, get rid of one club and replace that with a Bible study. No. The answer every Sunday is going to be the same. Seek Jesus. There's not a quick three steps to get into it. Seek Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, you've given us the, the time every day and the breath in our lungs, may we use it for your glory. As we take a, a look at our lives and try to answer a few questions, are we too busy for you to, to pray, to share your glory, to read your word? Is our home too full to add someone to share your love with, to reflect your love? Lord, help us to answer these questions. Lord, guide us. Lord, be the answer in our lives so that we may reflect your love, that we may no longer answer people 
Oh, I was too busy. I wasn't able to respond. I wasn't able to get back to you. But Lord, we may glorify you in all that we do. We love you. We love you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.